come to that part again, praise the Lord, we're on our way to the land of corn upward, to the land of in the state gathering sheep. Let's try the course now. Come on. Praise the Lord, we're on our way to the land of in the
Miss Harvey here, Miss uh, G. H. Harvey from Sandal, Illinois. Have you got your boy with you? All right. We have prayer just in a little bit more. All right. All right. Now we're going to speak just a little. Or have Sunday school. It's customary here that we uh, have our Sunday school lesson. A while I'm around home, I usually I uh, they give away. Let me have the Sunday school on account of praying for the sick, and then our pastor will bring the message for the morning right after <coughs> this part of the service, and we'll try to give him the platform just as quick as possible by 11 o'clock, if the good Lord will. Now. There's many requests, and uh, I'm praying for you all constantly and everywhere, and I want you to pray for me. I have something, the reason I'm at home so long about this time, I'm seeking God's divine way for me to go in my next service, as I promised him I would. I'm not trying to rush the Lord, because he knows all things, but I'm asking him to show to me a vision of what I must do or where my next move will be. And since I have come from Africa, there's only been one vision that's taken place, and that was the other morning. Then it comes two or three times through the day. And I believe that he is near now. Uh, visions usually come in a cluster. If you notice in the Bible, upon the, uh, our brothers of days ago, that usually a bunch of visions that would move into Daniel or to Joseph, and then there'd be a, a space there where there wouldn't be any. I've often wondered if I should carry my services the way I've been carrying them. Just pray for, oh, maybe I get to a dozen or two of a night or something like that where these thousands of them are waiting. And it just keeps coming to my heart that I shouldn't do that. That God has given me the authority to, to put the diseases to break the power of Satan. And Wednesday night a week I come down here to the tabernacle and there's a group of people together then. So I just laid like a fleece before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I never did walk out of heaven many times. I've always questioned people, first, do you believe? How much do you believe? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And all these different things like that. And then, and then I'd wait to get him on the platform and wait till I saw a vision to see just exactly what was going on. Then I pronounced it just what it was, and it's so slow I could hardly get to the people. But a few days ago, I was wondering, many times, I'd be standing on the platform where maybe 100,000 people. And... First thing you know, some real bold something just rise up in me and I go right on and call that demon and cast it out. And I thought, that's strange. And then here I begin to think, many of you have read my little book, no doubt, all in here. And of many instances, I've seen one night in Portland where a demon, oh my, man weighing 300 pounds about, runs the platform and he said, well, you hypocrites, that I'll show you how much man of God is insane man out of the institution. And he runs the platform and and was going to break my neck, and, and 500 preachers just fell back from him, and he drew back his arm and said, I'll break every boy in your body. And I weighed 128 pounds, and him about 300, and great, deep chest, and oh, what a, a powerful man he was, well able to carry out his threats. And in the right in the midst of it, why, there was just something moved up on me, and I just walked out to where he was. He said, tonight I'll break every boy in your frail and body. I said, in the, because you have challenged God's Spirit, tonight you'll fall over my feet. In the name of the Lord, everything you promised is made. And he rushed forward to me and said, I'll show you whose feet I've already set my face when he came up. And he drew back his grip and he said, Satan, come out of the man. 
and he threw up his arms and screamed and fell across my feet to the police had to pull him off. I didn't have any faith in me. And I see it takes a bold challenge. I've been praying for everyone to come. The other night, there's people here, a woman couldn't speak. As soon as that evil power was challenged, she spoke. <laughs> and there's a lady here that had a big water on her throat. I just walked up to her and said, Satan, I, I just have this authority to break your power. You had some off of it. I said, he's gone. I said, do you believe that? She said, yes. I said, all right, you go home, put a string around your neck and measure it. Yeah, that's how big it is. And every three days, cut the string off there. See, I start shrinking. The first day is about that much. The second day about like that. And the third day about like that. Where it went down. It's the same string she brought here at the platform. And then at the beginning of the year, she come in. And I'm just asking God, would that be his divine will? And the other morning about, I've got a little girl, eight, ten, ten months old, little Sarah. And uh, she's a sweet little darling, and I haven't got to be with her very much, and I've spoiled her around it. And she's holding my arms all the time. You would too, if you didn't get to see that little chump of love no more. And what I get to see her, you know, just now and then when I'm home. So I, I guess I spoiled her a whole lot. She's cutting some teeth, and she's gotten real sick. She must have got a dysentery, all sorts going around. I guess some of your family's had it too. Real sick vomiting and dysentery. And so <clears throat> she was crying. Her mother was so tired she just didn't wake up. I never did. And I woke up and I was sleeping back in the second room from her. And her mother and her and that little girl and I sleeping in the other room. Little Rebecca. And so uh, and Billy Paul was staying with his grandmother that night. So I, I woke up. I heard, I said, what made me wake up like that? I heard his voice say, go to your baby and give her a drink of water. I went in the room, and she was crying. She cried a long time. She must not have woke her mother up in her little crib. I went and got a glass of water. She went in a little thing for her to drink the whole glass of water. And there in her condition, then, with the dysentery she had, just, I thought, isn't that lovely how sweet he is to do that? That's the second time, or third time. One time I was at Sioux Falls. She's only three months old. She was laying on the bed. Her mother walked out and talked to some people. And I was shaving like that, getting ready for the meeting. And I was standing there shaving. And I heard the angel Lord say, Get your baby right quick. And I laid my razor down and run around. And just one half a minute longer, she was gone. She's on a high bed about like that. And she had both arms. She's just rolling. And it rolled her head. Her head hanging down. Her arms just sliding off. I had to run real quick to grab her. Just as she went off. She's lovely. Sweet. A little later from that, there's a young girl. She's perhaps sitting here this morning. Yeah, I don't see her, but she comes. Apparently, she's a member of the church in New Albany, a very prominent church, an outstanding church in New Albany. I've been down there. She wants, she's got a mental condition, kind of a psychic neurosis. And she uh, came, she well, can't even leave the city or anywhere. She starts screaming and crying, going on. So I. I prayed for it two or three times, but something wouldn't let me challenge that demon. Somehow, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. She's a good friend to a nurse that lives in the neighborhood there. They come up there, and she's getting worse. She's been that way for about eight years. So, she came up the other day, and she said, I told her, I said, Sis, the only thing I know that there's a call there somewhere. I, I don't know what it is. And I said, I, if you could come up. She said, I've been praying for my pastor and said, my pastor sent me up here to go see Brother Billy and see what he said. Well, I, I said, I, I don't know, sis. I said, I'm just like your pastor. I said, have you confessed all your sins? Everything. 
Sunday school teacher. That's a great class. You're doing good work. But just that hungover. Well, I, I don't know what to do. You just about imagine how I feel. I, I just didn't know what to do. We talked in the room. I said, well, all right, come on up. One people come. We just stopped everything. I got in the room. I sat down and just started talking about the uh, uh, genealogy and about the beginning, the origin of time and everything and watching her. It's that same morning. God's always there at the crucial moment, you know. And after a while, I looked out, and there come a vision moving up. I seen an automobile going swiftly. I said, your condition has something to do with an automobile. She said, no, I'm a brother in a wreck. I said, just that humble. I said, it's seeing a car. You almost get hit by a train. She, she jumped. She said, oh. And I said, yes, and you're not with your husband. You're with another man. Your husband's overseas in war at that time. Went ahead and began to bring it on down. I said, the things that you've done, the immoral things. You told him about some of this. You didn't tell him about it all. And she started screaming and holding her face like that. I said, you're going to have an operation. I'm going to go too for your tonsil. And she was afraid to take anesthetic. Afraid you'd tell that. And she just screamed and fell on the floor. She said, that's the truth. I said, how can you ever be anywhere that thing? She said, I asked God to forgive me. I said, you never sinned against God. You sinned against your husband. And he's out. So I said, you go back and make that right. Then come. I can control that demon. And I said, by the way, your husband, I described how he looked. Never seen him alive. I said, he's got the same thing to confess to you. I said, now, if you don't believe it, call him on the phone and tell him to meet you. She went and called him on the phone. They met on the road. And here they come back. Tears running down his cheeks. Forgive one another. The demon left her, and now she was free. See? Now, I might have screamed and hollered over that demon and cast and everything else, and it never left. So that's correct. See, see, you've got to find the cause before you can find the cure. You go to a doctor. You say, I've got a headache. Well, he might give you an aspirin. Oh, it'll come back. Maybe you got stomach troubles causing a headache. Maybe you got an infection somewhere that's causing a fever. Maybe you have a headache. Something else. You have to go back. That doctor has to diagnose that case down until he finds where the cause is. Then you get rid of the cause. Just like a hole in a bucket. If you're pouring water and the water just keeps leaking out, better stop the hole up first. And that's, now there's where I'm like, what must I do? Now, the biggest thing in my meeting, what I do, you don't get prayed for it. And I prayed massive prayer for all of them. But they say, well, if you just touch me, if you do this, and they see those things take place, and it is right, the Bible said they lay hands on the sick and they recover. Then when you start that, I'll try that and twice and do the right. Lay hands on, but they... Their life isn't combed through by the Holy Spirit to find out if there's anything in there. They don't feel they've been prayed for. Here's my secretary sitting here in names and no gets a letter. Isn't it right? They just think they're not. Now, they're up against something. And I, I believe if I could, maybe could preach. And I'm not much of a preacher. But if I could get the people to see that they've got to absolutely come clean with God, then I believe I'd have the authority by Jesus Christ to break the power of any demon there is. When the Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful, they never asked the man if he was a believer or what he was or anything about it. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I'll give you. That in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. He picked him up and held him there until his ankle bones got strength and away he went. Walk. Now there's something in there that I'm studying on, and I want you to pray for me. All right, what do you do? All right, God bless you. Turn to Genesis 22 now. I'm going to read some for the lesson before prayer service. All right, we're going to start along about the... Let's just talk about it a little bit. I'll tell you what we'll do. I want you to get to Romans 4 also. We're going to teach a little about 
faith. That's what we all need a whole lot of, isn't it? Faith is not a is not an evidence. Only it's the substance. Faith itself is a substance and an evidence of things that the senses of the body won't declare. And I thought maybe in teaching this would would spur your faith up. You get to a level to where that God can move into you and bless you. Now. Let's begin reading about the 8th verse of the 22nd chapter, dealing with Abraham. And uh, he was first called Abram, and then he received his priest name, or his father name, which was Abraham, which means the father of nation. Now listen. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them, together. What a dramatic scene here. Way back, 1872 years before the coming of the Lord, God foreshadowing now, speaking, getting ready to make a, a parable. And he, Abraham was an old man, 90 years old, and Sarah, or Abraham was a hundred and Sarah was ninety. That's about forty years beyond the menopause. So the life in her was dead. The life in Abraham was dead. An old man at that age. And God appeared to him when he was ninety and nine and said, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Just think at a hundred years old. And he told him what was going to take place, that all the nations will be blessed in you because that you're going to, I'm going to give you a son by Sarah. I think, a hundred years old. And then the Bible said that Abraham, you know, I off, made his sacrifice and kept the birds off of it so the sun went down and how the darkness come over and the Spirit of God came down and talked to him. And Abraham believed God. Now, I want to deal with that subject. Believing God are taking him at his word. Now, Abraham didn't have any uh, uh, great cloud of witnesses like we have today. For Abraham himself was a Chaldean, the father of the Jews. But he was a Chaldean from the city of Ur. And he was called out from among his people to walk in a strange land. How beautiful that type the Christian walk today that we have to come out from our associates of the world. To walk in a strange land, or strange to the to the first land that we walked in, and the land that we call today is walk in the Christian way, walk with Christ, separate ourselves from the things of the world. And he did that by faith in his sojourn in a strange land, not even knowing where he was going. The only thing God said, "Come out, Abraham, and go into a land." And he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Now that was what we would refer to in the natural line would be, I'd say, instinct. You would naturally call it, but we call it leadings of the Holy Spirit. God called him out from among his people, out of the land, his own homeland from his people, and he dwelt in strange lands, professing that he was a pilgrim and stranger, seeking a city. Looking for a city. Oh, my, how that still comes down to his children. 
That strain of looking for a city who is built and maker is God. And God blessed him. And then when he was real old, he said, Now, Abraham, you walked before me, be perfect, and how he was going to bless him and multiply him. Now, if we looked at the natural side, why it was impossible for him to for him to have this child about Sarah? Why all resources of life is gone. Sarah's a uh, 90 years old, Abraham 100. Why, you tell that to a doctor today, uh, a man 100 years old and his wife 90 is going to have a, a child? Well, you know what they do? They lock you up in a psychopathic ward somewhere. Stand while the old fellow, old lady's uh, a little off up here somewhere. But you don't look at circumstance. You look at the promise. If you go to looking, now that's the same way about... Maybe the lady in the wheelchair here, some of you there with cancer. The, the doctor says you, you can't get well. Now, if you believe that, then you can't get well. But you've got to look at a divine promise. No man will call into his place. He said, Brother, come pray for my baby. Got black diphtheria and settled in the heart. The cardiac shows that the heart's done, drop one back, and it's gone. Well, he wouldn't let us in to pray for the baby. Well, when he got in there, well, all of the intern, the doctor, no, sir, no, sir, you can't do it. You got children on, you can't do it. But yet, believing God, persuading, man was Catholic, that now, well, if the patient was dying and the priest was sure to give us the last rites, would you let him in? Oh, yeah, so children, are, I, that's, not, that's not the question. This is just as sacred as the last rites of the church. All right. Finally going in and kneeling down to the side of the baby and just prayed a simple little prayer, laid hands upon the baby, said, Lord God of heavens and earth who created all things, you give us the divine power to break the power of Satan over this life. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, come out of the child and shall live. Turned around, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mother and I began laughing going on. The little nurse was upset. She said, Say, you don't know how it's all right to have faith, but that baby's dying. But how can you act so unconcerned about it? Why? But you misunderstood the doctor. So the doctor said, The baby's died. He's been unconscious now for over a day. Said, You misunderstood the doctor. The old patriarch said, No, I didn't misunderstand the doctor. I heard what he said. Said, The baby's dying. Said, Why? But see, when this cartogram shows that heart in that condition, that it's never in all history ever raised up again. That's all I have. Faith, but that it, it can't, faith can't do nothing now. See, the old man with a study finger looked at the nurse and said, Lady, you're looking to that chart. I'm looking to a divine promise. The boy's even married now. All right. He laid like that for about 24 hours later. And all at once that heart began to come up. There it went. <laughs> See, when a divine promise is made, God's solely under oath and obligation to take care of any of his promises. And his, the God is worth no more than what his word is worth. If that word is not effective, then God is not effective. That is God. Do you believe it? God. The Bible said in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And I'm worth no more than my word, and you're worth no more than your word. If I had a handful of 
wheat laying here in my hand, lay it on this desk, it would never be nothing but wheat laying there. But plant that wheat in the ground, and it'll produce maybe a bushel of wheat. See? But the germ of life is in the wheat, but the wheat has to fall into the ground and die. Jesus said, it, or Paul, I believe it said, step a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It remains alone. See? And then this is God, His Word. And when that word anchors down in the heart, when that word anchors there, it'll produce just what it says. It'll just, if God has to. But if you just say, well, I know the word's there. Yeah, that's right. It just lay a handful. Yeah, it'll be dormant. That's right. It won't move because, oh, I, I read the Bible, but until you can anchor that and say, yes, Lord, that's for me. Then something's going to happen. It has to. Until then, it's just a written word. That's right. But when it's once anchored. Now, Abraham, he didn't look at his body. Said, All right, Lord, we'll have the baby. On down, we could go for hours on this, but we don't want to take too much time. Now he comes to place where little Isaac's born, and here he's going out after receiving him. And probably this, Abraham is probably 120 years old, maybe for this time. 115, 20 years old, I think, probably 15, 18 years old. And God said, now, Abraham, so I want you to take that boy up to the mountain up there and offer him up for a sacrifice. Now, after he had received him, promising the father of nation, and here now, the only seed that he has, he said, take him up and destroy Double check. Oh, my. See? Now, I know you was old, and you believe me, and I give you this boy. And now you got a, you got an idea here now the promise is going to be fulfilled because you got the boy. But now, I want you to take the boy up and kill him. Well, what if Abraham says, Then, Lord, now look, I want to ask you something. Me here, maybe 120 years old, and I receive this boy, and poor Sarah can't hardly get around. She's so old, and, and she's just wrinkled up and gone away and everything. And here I'm an old man, have to lean on the staff, and walking like this, just barely could walk, maybe, and I'm so old, and, and the boy is uh, a young man here. I see what you've done, but uh, you mean me kill him? First, it would know, tear my heart out, and then how am I going to be a father of nations and you go kill him? But Abraham didn't stagger. He said, yes, Lord. He takes the boy. Here they go. He didn't know how. What was his business to question? He obeyed. That. Uh, you lady here might say, how am I going to walk? Maybe you've been crippled a long time. I don't know. Maybe some of the rest of us say, well, doctor, I couldn't live, Brother Ram. I'm going to die. That's not what we're talking about. That's a natural thing. If you look to any of that, you will never live. But you've got to look to a promise that God made, and that's the promise. See the inside of you. This outside is sin. Do you know that? you know your body's sin? That's the reason don't try to protect that body. It's sin. You know that? It was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. And that soul was the same way until the soul died and then was born again of God. Then that soul can't die. The soul is finished, shall die. But he that believes on me has everlasting life. Then there's an immortal life living in that Body. Now that's like a stream coming from heaven like a coal on the inside of a man. Now that's the part that's godly. 
that operates this body, but before this body can ever become perfected, the Spirit will bring in sufficient to God to make you, well, water all the time, a constant. Paul said, we'll never get born in evil. See? Paul said, when I would do good, then evil is good. And there's a constant war, the flesh against the Spirit. And here's people looking at the flesh. The doctor said, now I believe, look how it's simple. That you can't serve God. You've got to throw aside your senses. God never gave you those senses to trust Him with. God gave you His Spirit to trust you with. Your senses are the only to contact. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. But you yourself is that Spirit that lives in you. And when that's been regenerated and the old man died and the new man born again, that is a part of God. Then you become a son of God, an offspring of the Creator. Then you can believe the impossible thing because you're made up of the miracle working God. You're a part of it. It would be natural for me to, to drink. My daddy drank. It'd be natural for me to use tobacco. My daddy did. My generation behind me did. So I said, why did you never smoke or drink? Well, when I was just a lad before I started into it, the Holy Spirit came down and said, don't you do it. That's the conversion, you see, in the beginning. And even way back before that, the morning I was born, when the angel of God stood over where I was at, that seed while it was in the ground was changed from a couple of earth. Don't you see what I mean? You get what I mean? Then in there is the Spirit. And from there is your immortal life. Then a man that's born to the Spirit of God does not commit sin. You get the Scripture straightened out. If, he, if the worshiper once purged has no more desire of sin or no more conscience of it. In the Old Testament, the worshiper come in and offered his sacrifice, went back out with the same desire to sin. But here, here it is. Yes. Hebrews said when the worshiper in this case who puts his hands on the Son of God's head, and his sins are purged by the sanctifying power of God, there's no more desire in there for sin. Oh, there's more lively. Then that makes you an offspring of Jehovah. And Satan can't hurt me then without hurting my father. You can't hurt that little girl there without hurting me. I'll tell you that. Can't hurt your children without hurting you. And then he's not willing that any should perish or suffer. But now before this flesh here, before the flesh can be perfected, it has to die like the soul dies. God never did have his perfect will for women and man to bring children to the earth. Did you know that? God made man himself out of the dust of the earth. After the fall, I won't argue about that, because you know I've got some very funny views on it. But after the fall, then woman brought children in the world. God told her, because you take a life out of the world, you have to bring it in the world. Look what kind of a life it was. After sex, desire, fleshly. But then when that body dies and goes back to the dust here, then God will take the immortal spirit out of it to the kingdom of God or to his throne, paradise. And then on the second coming of Jesus, my mother stayed there and my daddy is gone on. We'll never have to give us another body. 
But God will mold one. That's perfect and immortal and can't die. Now, Abraham takes Isaac and it starts towards the mountain. Now the ninth verse. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. And laid the wood in order. And found Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now just before coming, I could see him coming away. He didn't tell Sarah what he was doing. Because she was screamed out. I believe that it was Abraham's faith that performed the miracle in Sarah's womb because she doubted it even last when, when it said so. It was Abraham's faith. So therefore, that's the reason that the prayer of faith shall say the thing. An individual, pre- the re- affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Or if you only knew that in your hand, Christ, Gave us the authority with his name by being Christian, the most powerful weapon the world has ever known. Prayer. It even changes everything. It'll change the mind of God. It's ridiculous. After death is pronounced to a man, he prays. God goes around and go back and tell him. I heard him. There. Prayer. Hold on. Billy Graham was asked recently. Matthew Bowles, today, he's up there taking my book to Billy Graham on an interview. But, and they want me to follow him there at Washington now. And that big auditorium can get it. But now, is it the Father's will? And isn't that right? Like, to come to uh, Time for Life to come to Seattle. Got a great meeting going there, checking out for our office. Wants to come there now for me. Coming, they got a gospel meeting. Or, but is it the Father's will? That's the next thing. Call me an auditorium free in Baltimore. These 10,000 people don't have to pay a penny for it. 500 ministers with their names on paper and have to have a house out. We'll sponsor 100%. We're all in prayer everywhere. Now, Father, where do you want me to go? That's it. You tell me now, I'll go. There. Billy said, you know what I want my success to? And I have no idea. That whole little bitty meeting, you heard these meetings. You went out in a little tent. It was out there in Los Angeles. just pulled a small meeting. And all of Northwestern College fell with passion and praise. And God sent down about 15 newspaper reporters and turned in his meeting and scattered over the nation. When I first started with these claims here, I told my church, stay on your face and pray. God began to move. First thing you know, I heard calls coming from Africa, from all over the world. How did you get in there? I don't know. Prayer went up. Pray. Believe when you pray. That's it. Believe. Abraham, when he was old, he believed, and God told him to go and be obeyed. And on his road out, I see him take the servants of the little mules, and they start out to get to the mount of God. Oh, I just loved it. Listen to this. He said to the servant, he said, you stay here while we go yonder, and the lad and I shall return. Oh, oh, my my emotions get away from me sometimes. The lad and I shall return. How? I don't know. I'm going to bear to kill him. Now, when he, he knows somehow, some way, he would return. And here he had a knife sticking in his belt. And he laid the wood on Isaac's shoulder. 
And Isaac went up the hill led by Abraham. Beautiful type. His only son. Take him to the hill and the very altar that he laid his son on, he packed it up the hill on his back. A type of God setting his son up. God gossip with a wooden cross on his back, the very cross he was nailed. And where God spared not his own son. There. The Elijah looked around, he said, Father, he said, Here's the altar, the fire. But he said, Where is the sacrifice? He said, God will provide himself. Found his only little son, showed him up on the altar, pulled out the knife, and started to take his life. God, you gave him. And as he started to pull the knife down, an angel grabbed his hand and said, Abraham, Abraham, say your hand. Just then, a little lamb ran, bladed in the wilderness, got his horns, looked around to vines. And Abraham rushed quickly, grabbed the ram, unloosed his son, and substitutionary king, and killed the ram. Then God spoke to Abraham, said, Abraham, I know now you love me. You haven't withheld anything from me. Now look, for the text I want, let's read it in the 13th and 14th verse. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering in the stead of his son. You know who that ram was? That was Christ. Offered him up instead, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said. To this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh, which was God's first redemptive name. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Now, he was Jehovah Jireh, he was Jehovah Rabbi, Nassim, and all down like that. He has seven compound redemptive names. And substitutionary to a human life took a lamb and offered up as a provided sacrifice that in Isaac all the nations would be blessed and through Isaac came out Christ and we being dead in Christ take on Abraham's seed and our heirs according to the promise. There you are. And that brings not in our bodies. We are Gentiles in our bodies. We're sinners in our bodies. But in our souls being born again with the same spirit was up on faithful Abraham, that stream down there makes us want to trust God. But the body gets dead. Oh, if we're the children of Abraham, let's be as father Abraham was. Now, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. He did provide the sacrifice. Now, in Romans, the fourth chapter, let's get the 17th verse. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, for instance, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now you see, then we as Christians don't look, feel, see, taste, smell, hear when we're speaking to God. We just believe God. And it was disputed to Abraham for righteousness. Now the senses are worry, 
Psalms 103, 3 said, I'm the Lord, that heals all of our diseases. No healing can come only through God. Somebody said, the devil can heal. The devil can heal. He can make claims. Like someone trying to get back to the manager said, Why, Brother Brand said, Well, my, uh, uh, Jesus said, There'll be many come to me in that day and said, Lord, have I cast out devils in thy name and everything like that? Well, said, that doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just all those these signs to follow that lead. Brother said, But just in that, left way you have pleased the ethical bunch. <laughs> that you fail to see the real meaning of the scripture. You always there in your heart, teaching for doctors and situation and man. They fail to see that they mean the Son of God. They said he's being eligible. They failed to see the scriptures that clearly point to Jesus being it. He said, oh, you hypocrites, that you can discern the face of the skies, but you can't discern the signs of time, or if you'd have known you should have known me. You know my day. The things that were supposed to be. And we see today that God's promise. In these last days, that these things will take place. What's the matter with the people that are blind? That's demon's power, even in the ecclesiastical realm. You said Jesus never said anything. They said we cast out devils. Jesus said, I know nothing about it. They were saying things that they didn't do. Oh, we Someone said a, a certain denomination church. He said, let the preacher bring him heal one and all heal it up. I said, if I heal one, you can heal it up. He said, if you had a gift that you say you have, like that, said, won't you go out to the hospital and say, all oh, you sick people, get up and come on out, because it all has to obey you. I said, are you a gospel preacher? He said, yes, sir. I said, go down here to the Blue Lake Shore and say, you're all saved. Come on out. He said, I could have said, believe me. I said, so can I. There you are. Faith in the Word. You can save no one. And preach the gospel of salvation doesn't make you a divine Savior. No more preaching divine healing makes me a divine healer. But it's the faith in God's spoken word. And I know this, that some of us have more faith than others. And those who have abundance of faith are supposed to pray for those. But if you don't live the right kind of life, you better leave away from it. The devil will laugh at your prayer. But when you live right and do right and act right and have faith in God, they will tremble when you speak. Because God's sworn under obligation to take care of that prayer. That's true. Now, listen, Abraham, now an old man, oh, I'll hurry through, an old man now, well stricken in age, 100 years old, God had done giving this son, about 16 or 18 years later, maybe, maybe 118, 20 years old, he's going to take him up to strong. And Abraham staggered not at the promise. Listen to this. He was like God. He had a part of God in him. For he believed, listen, 18 first, and who against hope, believed in hope. There wasn't even any hope for him. Yet he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which is spoken, so shall I see peace. Now listen, 19th verse, put on the jacket, hold up the cup, watch, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Now, if your father, Abraham, who you're a child of through Christ, considered not his own body when he was dead, what about yours, which is alive this morning? 
You know what I mean? And that was before Christ came. That's before any atonement was made. That's before the great cloud of witnesses has gone on. Before the Holy Spirit came. And Abraham believed God. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Don't consider your sickness. Consider what God said about it. If I consider mine, when male brothers told me you're finished, I've been finished. But I didn't consider my body. I didn't consider my sickness. I didn't consider what they said. I considered what God said. Like when I was blind. Go around here, glasses on, put you get a haircut, take my glasses off the barber, and my head shake that, sit down, then cut somebody else's hair while they get back in the barber chair and try to cut mine. What if I would consider it? But I didn't consider the blindness in my eyes when I learned of God. For the doctor told me one mouthful of stomach food will take your eyes. When I pulled up, my mother sitting here as a witness. They'd give me barley water and strained prune juice. I lived on it for a year nearly. They said, well, one mouthful of solid food would kill him. I just began to read the Bible and found God in my soul. I read in there with the whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. I've never been a prayer set at our table. I remember Dad sitting on the corner there. I said, can we pray? Mom looked over and started crying. Mom didn't know what to do. I said, God, had the Bible laying on the table. I said, if I die, I'm coming home trusting you. Your word said this. I've got you to consider what the doctor said or consider what you said. I've got you to work for a year and I ain't no better. I'm getting worse. I'm not considering what he said anymore. I'm considering what you said. I have to bless you. We had beans and cornbread and onions. I took a dish full of them. Now I started eating them. The first bite went into my stomach like to kill me. I had to hold my hand over my mouth to keep it from coming back. They kept coming down the floor down. Come down the floor down. But I didn't consider my stomach. I consider what God said about it. Not what I felt. It is burning me up. I went out on the street and the floor down the street like there's a water running up. I said, how do you feel good? I said, wonderful. Days fast, weeks fast. Still walking, stand down the ditch with my stomach right just holding my hand like that, tamping like that, thinking, oh, how I love Jesus. Lay down and throw some more dirty arms. Oh, how I love Jesus. It's belching that food up coming back. So when you headed, I can hardly work. But how do you feel this morning? Don't you think I said, no, I feel wonderful. And later on when I testified, somebody said, you lied then. I said, no, I never. Oh, Billy. 
our banner and our shield and our buckler and our healing and our salvation, our providing sacrifice, all laid in him. And when he died in Calvary, he all principalities raised up, threw his hands up to him. Hallelujah. Yes, there's always Satan robbing you. 
Not circumstances. Not what somebody else said. What if somebody else died with you? You got the same thing. Don't consider it. Well, he was about a hundred years old. Neither the dead is the sales boom. She was included in it. God never gave Sarah the promise to give Abraham the promise. But Sarah was included. He made the promise in Christ Jesus, and I was included in him. You were too. See? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone, it wasn't imputed but, uh, uh, unto him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offense and was raised again for our justification. Oh, brother, that just, I just hit the devil and fixed that 365 days a year. You're a liar. There's the word. I am He. If somebody comes up and puts it on you, if somebody went out here and done some kind of something to you and let you get well, it doesn't inspire you. But here's what it is. He that believeth, I am healed now. If God comes down and heal me, positive, right out with a miracle. It wouldn't be as great as it would have. I can see the promise of God taken into my heart. Stand there. I can say, Jesus is now healing me. For I have accepted his word and said, My heart, he is now interceding for me before the Father. I shall be well. That's what God does. Stand there on his word and says, Right. He's healing me now every day. That was the woman of the garden. I can see. I just give her something to do, so it just becomes. Wouldn't want it at all. But she was happy. Said, Oh, look, look. And the next day, it's about that much. The next day, it's about that much. She put it all together and said, That can't be wrong.
that every demon power that's in you at this minute is already broken. I do. I believe there's every sick person in here right now feels a lot different. If that's right, raise up your hand, you who are sick. See that? If what's the matter? That devil is broke away from you. You have to. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. Jesus Christ died for you. You can be healed right now. To fulfill that commission. You people are sick here this morning. Your hand will come in here that way while that spirit's upon you. Why do you feel the Spirit of God? Is oh, I'm sorry. It's way past. All you people are sick. What's sick when you come in here? Won't you come here that I might fulfill my commission? I'm under obligation to my Lord. And my claims as a divine uh, angel appeared to me at my birth and commissioned me at 12 years old and sent me out here a few years ago and said these things and it's undisputable around the world. Demons and, and infidels and skeptics and agnostics and, and modernists and communists and everything else has attacked it upon the ways of saying it was, some of them said spiritualism, some of them said it's the working of devils, and the others said it's a, it's a mental telepathy. And every single time that they rose up all white and black stood before me and conquered. Take it anywhere you want to, in any nation you want to. Every nation I've entered, every city here, I've had to fight that thing. Say mental telepathy. I say, take everybody out of here that thinks it's mental telepathy. Take everybody that knows anything about me out. Bring me the patient. Say it's spiritualism. I say that if I'm by spiritualism winning souls to Jesus Christ and conquering them, what are you doing with what you got? Just by the fruits, Jesus said, you shall know them. Never see a spiritual casting out devils, you never will. That's right. I said, Jesus said, by the fruits, they shall know them. I said, in the past years, by God's grace, have won 350,000 souls to Christ. What have you done? Man, Bethany, I hear a certain woman told me that I was a, I was a devil, and all my work was done in the devil. And pulled away the church here, and God bless you right out with them, and now I got. I said, what have you done? Show me the fruit. You started down there and got up, rooted, and said, Ever, the church. My heavenly father has a plan to be rooted up. Now I put that tabernacle on the corner, kneeling here on a pile of gents and weeds and old horse weeds here in this row and this pulpit this morning. When it was a palm, God said, I'll bless it. Yes, to the false prophets up there. I've seen the automobiles moving in and out. I've seen the stones going one from another. That was 20 years ago. And today it's still sailing on. And it will stay long. Because yeah. it was built here upon sweat and tears of prayer and promise of God shall prevail upon this block house built by a church that gave the hell won't prevail against it. There you are. Yes, sir. Don't pay no attention to what they say. I've learned my lesson of listening to people who don't know what they're talking about. I'll listen to one person that's almighty God. Jesus said, from henceforth, you ask in my name, ask the Father in my name, and you'll get it. I believe it. I'm kind of hard in Texas. I wish this is all. I'm trying to get away from this burning my heart. They come up there, and I've got it in my, well, it's in my little textbook of a thing. said that I was, a, the FBI was there to expose me, that I was a, uh, a devil. And a minister, the bunch of us up there, 
tracking past them all around us. Right there, or the alternative said that I was Simon the sorcerer, casting out devils like Simon the sorcerer, witchcraft. So that night here, there's been a couple of girls that have been healed, and they come over crying and everything. They said, well, you ought to. I said, they said, just going home. They was afraid. They said, the FBI picked up her grandma, and this girl was putting her right mind on you. Seen that vision over and I said, ah, I just, I, maybe I'll call some trouble. I said, oh, you're scared. I said, you've seen God the healer, have you? I said, watch him as a warrior. Watch him in battle. See how great he is. See how great God is as a warrior in battle. That night I walked out and said, everybody in this, here in my campaign, Mr. Baxter, my brother, and the two young ladies who was healing them, that minister said today that you was included in, I want you to go out of the building. They went out of the building. I said, now, I've got a face paper here, which is the custodian of the auditorium. Went out and got out thousands of them off the cars, hard little Mexican kids to go get them. I said, I've got a little bill here that says here tonight that I'm signing the sorcerer and going to be exposed by the FBI here tonight. I said, all right, FBI, I am on the platform in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to the platform now and expose me. I said, if I'm doing anything outside of God Almighty's Bible, come here and expose me. I said, where are you at? Thousands sitting there and everybody's crying. I said, I'm waiting for the FBI. According to your paper here, you just go to expose me tonight. Just then I waited a few minutes and I felt the Spirit coming out. I said, it wasn't the FBI. I'm no criminal. I said, every time an FBI is coming to my meeting, they got, they got saved. The chief got saved in my meeting. Captain Al Farrar. I said, and all I said, uh, no FBI does anything like that. I said, what it is, is two backslidden preachers. I looked hanging out there, there's a great big black thing hanging over the audience. I see it move right up like this to the second balcony. I said, right there, there's that one with the light suit on, one with the gray suit on. And they got down like that. I said, don't get down. I thought you'd go expose me. Look like somebody else. I said, you're a couple of backslidden preachers. You have nothing to do with it. Now, I said, now, if I am Simon the sorcerer and cast out devils and witchcraft as you say I am, and you're holy and righteous and God, come down to the platform. If I'm Simon the sorcerer, I'll fall dead. If you're Simon, if you're the one that's wrong, you fall dead. Come on down now. We do, Brian. That's right. What are you shouting? They set their heads out. Don't touch their heads like that. I said, now, people, you see who's in the right and who's in the wrong. They're sick. And then I went out on the top of this hard to go. I said, oh, I see they're leaving. Perhaps maybe they're coming down here. They went out to building his heart to go down the steps. I stood there and waited. I said, now, will you see? Let them come to the platform. Let God show who's who. That's right. I said, if I be falsely, then God will show it falsely. If I'm right, God will always testify for the right. Like it wasn't Houston. When that Baptist preacher said it, I was a demon and so forth. You see what took place when the angel of the Lord come down. Now, you know what happened? We never seen any more of them. That night the Lord told a victory there and still talked about in heart. See? Ah, the Lord hath planted it. I'll water day and night. That some should pluck it from my hand. Come now, boys, will you get the piano right quick? That's the 64. Well, stick, come around the altar right quickly now. We just got about 10 minutes here, and we're going to free you from every demon power that hangs around you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I give unto them my name and authority. Kindness. Because I believe that God is ordaining me to do so. I believe it if I can only get the people to believe it. Then if this isn't successful, then I believe the Lord has got a place before you. I'll go back just straight with the vision, just one or two or three or whatever I get to in the night. 
You've been in my meetings, every one of them. You've never seen one of them times to walk with person. It'll tell you where your sin is. That's the only thing it can do. Healing is already yours. The only thing it is there is sin. Maybe something you're doing in life that's not right, or either some some demon that's holding over you it won't let you believe. Now you know if it isn't Jesus told something wrong, all things are possible to him that believes. Is that right? And it lays within you, not in God. If I said here, if I said here, lays, if you want, need a dollar bill. I think I got one. All right. If there's a dollar bill, that's already provided for the needy man. If it is, it's yours if you'll come get it. I don't ask you to more about it. I laid it out there. Is that right? Well, Jesus, when he died, he healed you. He was wounded for your transgression with his stripes. You were healed past him. That's you. Come get it. Sure. I believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. I believe that. He's let me do it before and I believe he'll let me do it this morning. You believe that? All right. This is the end here. Move right back this way. I want to get out so I can free. There's a free and cast evil spirit out. So the people can get back to their seats around that wall, if you will, brother. Move right in this way. I look here. What's you complaining around the halfway believing anything? Where's that lady was in that wheelchair? You know, what? What's you Jesus Christ has made you whole? Certainly has. I see him lead some, some woman a while ago. A man sitting there leading, maybe his wife there. She's crippled or something. Lady, there's no need you be in that condition. The lady said she had a little girl here, a little child. There was uh, something wrong with it, and all kinds of diseases and things. Deaf, dumb, blind, whatever. She has no need to do that. Let's bow our heads. I want you to believe. Oh, God, my enemy bow. I come to thee this morning as your servant. Lord, I preach the word. It's your word. It's not mine. I know that you're here to heal the people to make them well. I believe that you will do it, dear God. And I pray you to have mercy. Lord, realizing in these visions, the only thing that they can do is to reveal the sins of the people. But Lord God, may the Holy Ghost do that right now. May He reveal in every heart the hindrance. If there's any sin in their life, then may it be forgiven right now, Lord. I pray through Jesus Christ's name. And may these group here today be like those the other night. May there be a perfect deliverance of every one of them. May they be healed this morning. Return back Wednesday night happy, shouting, and rejoicing. Grandfather, now upon the authority of your word, I go forward to cast out death to fulfill your word through Jesus Christ's name. Now, Satan. I know you're holding this, people. Dark, gloomy, hideous thing holding over there and saying, well, I'll make a try. But I want to speak to you. I stand in their place between them and God this morning. I stand as a servant of, of Almighty God. My sins are gone through the blood of Jesus Christ by divine faith that I have in Him as the Son of God. And I claim and the Bible claims first, and I speak as the Bible, that He spoiled every power that you ever had. 
at Calvary. And the Bible claims that his disciples are to carry this commission that he had here on earth to the end of the age. And I am his disciple. Therefore, this morning I come as a representative. A representative of Jesus Christ. In his absence, I am set in his place. And whenever I call over the person, your call will break. And the person will be free to go out of here and get well. I challenge you. In the name of, name of Jesus Christ, through his blood I stand. And you leave every person who I'll lay my hands upon. Not in my holiness. Not in my name. For my name is nothing to you. My holiness is nothing. I have none. But you won't recognize my name, but you'll recognize Jesus. You're going to come out, and I'm speaking to you. I go now and I challenge. And if you try to hold any of these people, may the curse of God come upon you. May you get out. Take your hand off of these Christians. Your dirty, sickening hand. Afflicting and crippling and sickening these people and giving them diseases. You take your hand off in the name of Jesus Christ. 